0: Rusty Lindsay joined with Abram Erickson, and Abram, we, we had every intention last week to kind of make our way through the winter sports, but technology got in the way, so we were able to get basketball taken care of, and, and we heard from Luke Anthony, and we'll hear from, more again from Luke Anthony with next week's pod, but this, ta- this time we get the opportunity to talk about the rest of the winter sports, and hopefully technology will be our friend. Yeah, it turned into a little
1: little bit of a two-part series for us here. wasn't wasn't the intent going in, but uh, we will... We'll take the punch and we'll roll with it and uh, get a chance to just finish up the
0: Yeah, I so suppose we we should mention off the bat to, to thank uh, all the donors who participated in yesterday's. Uh, as we record this yesterday's Giving Day at, at Wheaton College, the college was able to raise just shy of $900,000 for the Wheaton Fund, which is an improvement of several hundred thousand dollars last year. And uh, uh, another very strong showing from donors tied to athletics is over 1,000 uh, donors uh, ch- claiming athletics. So that's roughly two-thirds of, of the total donor. So a, just a good day all around for Wheaton College and Wheaton Athletics.
1: Yeah, and uh, a day that every year it's it's fun to get a chance to count the count numbers as they go up. And, yeah, like you said, an improvement, I think, from – from last year from any of the years that i've been here so uh great to hear and, and hear about how athletics um, is continuing to help like you said the larger Wheaton community An exciting day for athletics but really for Wheaton overall
0: yeah and as as we kind of get get into th- things here we, we had kind of set out to talk about we were about to move on to wrestling and then then the technology quit on us but uh as we kind of were working our way through our winter sports wrestling was really the one that we kind of looked at and said well i don't I'm not quite sure how this one is going to work, but uh, it's, you know, a full season for them and, and they complete their season with a normal CCIW championship. So I think when you're looking at the successes of, of the winter, I think you have to put wrestling right near the top of the list. Yeah. And Rusty, that's
1: just not what we would have predicted. I think you, you said it, but I mean, I remember vividly our conversation saying, wow, wrestling is a sport that we're pretty worried about in terms of, How do you limit exposure? I mean, throughout all of you know the pandemic, we've talked about social distancing and six feet, and in most sports, that's not a reality. But you think about some sports like basketball or um, you know swimming, even or, or some other sports where contact with other athletes is is intermittent at best. You're you know you're running down the court and there's a little separation from you know from the person that's guarding you, or you know you're swimming in in a lane and you're a couple feet apart, but wrestling is, is fully engaged the entire time. And I think that's why we just had, um, so many questions, you know, uh, being an indoor sport where people are facing off one-on-one, you know, for, for an extended period of time. I don't think we just had a lot of hope for, for that being, you know, a good situation, but really turned out to be, like you said, probably one of the best successes of the year. And I would say in my mind, one of the more surprising ones, but, um, you know, great to see that again, teams were able to, limit exposure and this is also a team that we talked about because there are some teams on the schedule that aren't you know um teams that we normally face off against you, you know, msoe is on there milwaukee school of engineering i remember looking at lakeland and concordia being on the schedule and thinking well these are um not even you know full full cciw participants what are they going to look like in terms of um you know protocols on their campus for for keeping things safe but really a hats off to everyone involved in, in the wrestling season this year as you just you know see that they were really able to have the most normal of all seasons, um, just kind of in an unexpected, unexpected area. Um, but I'll, but obviously, always happy to to see that happen this year.
0: Yeah, and I, I think the move to to go to group dual meets was probably just, definitely the the highlight that the most practical season they could have. Uh, I, I think the, the, obviously they were smart to limit the exposure to conference teams and our testing policy. Uh getting away from these big tournaments and you look specifically at Pete Wilson, uh which is always a highlight of the press. Um, going to this this look of just dual meets, I think, was 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 huge uh for the success of the season and, and uh ultimately getting the line and being able to pull off uh just one main tournament in the C C W championship.
1: Yeah, and the Thunder, you know, able to to compete there, it placed fourth out of out of the nine teams in the conference. I just think, you know, really a really good year and a year where we saw a lot of programs admittedly have some sort of setback in terms of, you know, fall sports really not being able to play at all or winter sports, you know, being pretty hampered in terms of what they're able to do for schedules and um, really anything like that. I think this is an example of a program that was able to run something all the way through, have a pretty good showing even in terms of the way that they, they placed in the conference and really doesn't feel like wrestling lost a year. Like maybe some other sports did.
0: Yeah. I think there's obviously the disappointment of not having, not having the big tournaments, not having the Wilson, not having a regional or a national championship. And, I think wrestling is probably one of those sports where that big at the end is a huge motivator. You look at someone like Hart who was an all American last, uh, after you, again, wrestling didn't have a national championship last year that the plug yeah. was pulled with wrestlers in the building. Uh, that was one of those devastating decisions that was made when were and, and, uh, the plug got pulled and went with wrestlers in the building and ready to wrestle um, and so I think not having national championship probably hurts a little bit, but ultimately you get a CCW championship, you get four guys that place third in a CCW. That's a very, very strong wrestling conference, especially as Millikan becomes a national powerhouse. Um, I, I think you have to look at that as, as a building year for, for them. And and one that will probably bear some fruit next year. Yeah. And of course, like you mentioned,
1: I, there's going to be very few things about this last year that don't have some amount of disappointment to them, and, and those tournaments are part of that. Um, of course, just thankful for the positives that you can get out of it, and that wrestling was able to have some of those this season. Um, you know, we can move on next to talk about another sport that had the plug pulled um, with with athletes getting ready to compete, and that's the the indoor track and field season of course we know last year a very similar story to wrestling in terms of um, you know finding out about nationals being canceled right down to the wire Um, and and indoor track is an interesting one to talk about because of course the season is still ongoing and you know meets have started outdoors now and and those are you know going well and and running pretty smoothly from what I can tell but um, the indoor season is certainly one that there was much more worry about because again it's a similar situation where um, you know You have lots of teams normally that are showing up to meets. There's a lot of just mingling of athletes on the infield, around, um, you know, in the bleachers when you're looking at these field houses where these indoor tracks are held. Um, They're normally great facilities, but they aren't all that big. It's only a 200-meter track and not a 400-meter track, so that's already much smaller. Uh, And so I think a lot of concerns about that as well. How are teams going to, you know, limit the number of athletes they have at the meets or limit where those athletes can go? Um, But really – it's been a successful season or, or has been, it's now been completed as we move into the outdoor season. And um, again, a, a very similar story, no hiccups. Of course, you miss out on some of the larger meets. Um, there was able to be a, a CCIW what they called the CCIW elite meet um, at the end of the indoor season, not a full conference um, championship like you'd normally see, but something that got pretty close. And so I think uh, indoor track, another one to look at that had a pretty good, pretty good run. And then for us would, would move outside and, with with moving outdoors and the weather getting warmer of course that only improves things from a from a covid standpoint.
0: Yeah, I think it is an interesting move to to turn to indoor track almost at, in the in the to look of dual meets. In some scenarios you only have CCW is unique and you that you only really have three facilities in the conference that can host an indoor track meet that being North Central, Illinois Wesleyan and Carthage and so you're kind of limited with what you can do in, in those setups anyhow. So I think the use of almost dual and tri-meet uh, was an effective way to limit, like you said, the athletes that needed to be in the building, the playing around. I think that's probably the biggest loss is that's similar to what we'll, we'll get into with swimming is that camaraderie is such a big thing. Um, and you just don't have that. Come, I, I think you can probably attest to this. It's come in, compete, and leave uh, this
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And, and that certainly is probably the biggest loss. Um, You know, large meets um, where there's, you know, upwards of, you know, five, 10 teams and tons of people all around, all of the teams stick around for the whole day. You're, you're constantly cheering on, you know, teammates in different events. I mean, those are just really fun things to be a part of um, and just really an enjoyable kind of day. It really takes up your whole day that track meet normally does. Um, But this year was much different. It's, Get on the bus, show up for an event. There's another bus that's shuttling people back kind of constantly throughout the day. And that even happened at meets that were that were far away, up in Wisconsin, you know, at Carthage. And um, I mean, that's something that normally goes on when we'll, we'll we'll face off against North Central. And, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, athletes driving their own cars or just taking shuttle buses. But even on our longer trips, that was the protocol was to, to get people in with enough time to warm up for their event compete and then cool down and then get them out really as soon as possible so um there's there's you know been some of that that you miss from a normal track season and you know because of course wheaton doesn't have the ability to to host um any any sort of indoor track activity we didn't get the chance to do that but looking forward to some outdoor meets coming up now that that we will have that opportunity and and wheaton athletes will probably have the chance to be around for for larger parts of the meet of course we'll probably be working the meet and um, you know, going to have a chance to maybe get a little more of that, that um, in-season track meet feel with some of those indoor meets. Or excuse yeah. me, outdoor home meets.
0: Yeah, track is a little weird too when you're, when you're talking about different disciplines and, and kind of crossing over. And, and I'd be curious what the effect of this year is on, on guys who – you're multi-event athletes. And people who would normally be there for the longest period of time, they're competing for a lengthy part of the meet. And I'd be curious what you thought the effect was on those, the heptathlon pentathlon, uh, type athletes this year. Yeah. I, I think seeing that
1: firsthand being a, a, field event, um, athlete myself, you know, I, I get to work closely with a lot of those athletes, whether, you know, I, I only do the high jump, but they come over at certain times and, and practice the high jump with us. You know, of course they've got to be moving around just really, you know, improving their skills at, you know, five, six different events. Um, but really, we didn't see that at all in the indoor season. And, and you know, what we, What we mostly saw is, you know, our, our heptath or pentathlon athletes are going to have to choose probably maybe just two events to compete in per meet. You know, maybe three if they're lucky. If you, you know, if you got enough time, you can get in the high jump, get in the pole vault, and maybe get in the 100 meter or, or something like that. So um, we didn't really get to see those athletes compete in any sort of full heptath or pentath um, throughout the indoor season, which, of course, is, you know, is again just a really kind of disappointing part of um, what's what's had to happen this year. Of course, maybe it's allowed for a little more um, specialization in terms of showing up to a meet and knowing today you don't have to compete in six events. You only have to compete in two. Um, you know, maybe you're just not as exhausted. Maybe you're not you know um, as as mentally thinking about some of those other um, events and get a chance to focus more closely on on some events that you need to improve on. And that's what I saw a lot of our athletes do is you know, we have some, some multi-event athletes that are really just premier at, at a couple of the events and, you know, we'll go out and that's where they're going to earn the majority of their points um, is, is going to be in the pole vault or it's going to be in the long jump or, or whatever it may be. Um, And, and, you know, while that would have probably been the best from a point standpoint, just in the individual events to earn points for the team, um, we did not do that a lot. We had, we had athletes, you know, competing at events that that they need to work on and and that were maybe some of their weaker events in their in their multi um because of course you know even during a normal season the indoor season is seen a lot as a warm-up and as a practice and of course you know it's still competition but it's all building for the outdoor season and the outdoor conference Um, and that certainly was the case this year probably more than even normal years so um while there's of course I, i think some negative effects in terms of seeing people not really get to get that full experience, not run a full heptath at all during the indoor season. Um, I think possibly some specialization in, you know, some events that that athletes needed work on um, could possibly be, could be a benefit and getting a chance to really nail down on on some of the things where, you know, you need improvement is always, I think, something in, in sports that, you know, is not always fun to do, is not always easy to do, but is, is probably beneficial in the long run.
0: Yeah, and probably something that we'll see pay off uh, as we move through the outdoor season as well. Mm -hmm. And and as we kind of look to wrap up our winter talk, I mean, in a similar scenario, obviously a different format is is swimming and camaraderie and uh, team support has been such a staple of the Wheaton Swimming program. So I... I, we you'll get the chance to hear later in the podcast from a freshman swimmer Sophia Pelling, and she makes an interesting point. She obviously doesn't know what the difference is as far as what no, most years feel like, but it, just observing, just by walking by, it's a very different feel uh, on the pool deck than what you would normally see in, in in a normal year for swimming.
1: Yeah when i when I think of a swim meet, um, I think of you know just. I think of noise as probably one of the first things I think of being inside the pool area, um, you know, just a pretty small area, one, but a lot of hard surfaces. I just hear, you know, screams and yells and cheers from teams bouncing off those walls. And that's one of the first things that comes to mind when I think about, you know, wow, there's a swim meet going on. It's going to be excited. It's going to be vocal. um, And, and, you know, that's just something that we miss Uh, uh, again. um, Maybe that's not as much the case in a track where everyone's outdoors and spread out really far apart. I think you really, really feel, um, you know, just the amount of people that are in the room um, during a normal swim meet. Everything feels packed and everything feels, you know, just really high energy. And again, that, that is um, in one sense just a disappointment because that's so much fun and that's enjoyable. Um, But it's also interesting that, you know, that's something that I think can affect performance in a situation where, again, you're in such a small space, and it is so loud. And, you know, we talk about things like, you know, how much does crowd noise affect, you know, how athletes, you know, play. And I think I think some would tell you more than others, some would say not at all. And so I'm not sure that that had any sort of, you know, visible effect um, on athletes. But I do think that, you know, again if you were an older student maybe not a freshman who who hadn't experienced this before but someone who has been a part of swim meets in in the Wheaton Spring program i think that's something that you've just got to get in the pool for the first time and say wow this is incredibly different this is just a a big shock to the system
0: yeah they they made the interesting decision to to separate the men's and women's meets which i think again similar to what track did with their dual and, and tri meets going with the men at one time and the women at another time is a smart way to to limit the people who are who are around that but similar to track you know, Wheaton's in the opposite scenario is that they're one of only i believe three two maybe three facilities bcw that can host a, a qualified swim meet and so our our swimming teams never had to travel and they were able to compete in their own pool all year um just with, with against varying opponents and then they they did obviously ultimately ultimately did not get the normal cciw they ended up doing the split site uh cciw cup um but uh certainly a lot a lot of different feel uh feelings around uh swimming and and the way their season was able to unfold
1: yeah and and i think like you said the the never having to travel piece is interesting i remember taking a look at some like early drafts of the schedule or Um, just kind of seeing, you know, where things were going to be held and, and realizing that everything was going to be at home and thinking, wow, that's a, that's probably a huge advantage. And then kind of realizing, well, maybe this season it's not going to be, who knows, (laughs) you know, again, with, um, with spectators not allowed and really probably not as many athletes hanging out in there as well. Um, it, it probably begins to feel a lot more like a neutral site. Um, you know, I can, I can speak to even basketball, how that, how that felt true in a lot of situations where normally you'd have, massive fan sections that were really keeping things loud for the wheaton team now it's just both teams on their bench and and if there's some momentum shift that other bench could be much louder than the wheaton bench and i think that's probably true um something that, that could have been true during swimming too you just you don't feed off that energy as much when there's not as many people in the building
0: yeah they obviously do walk away with a couple of awards at the end of the year abby partridge being uh, the outstanding swimmer and it's a few yelling uh, who we're about to hear from, one of the interesting stories uh, is the co-rookie of the year in the CCIW, and she's one who had not swam competitively since she was 12. So I think joining the CCIW in a program like Wheaton and, and earning instant instant awards from the CCIW is, is pretty impressive, uh, especially, especially in a season like this one.
1: Yeah, impressive enough that, that that's the case, again, at Wheaton, in the CCIW, just with the level of competition. But then, hasn't swum competitively since 12. I mean, that's, that's just really crazy and and incredible to think about. And, you know, kind of, you think about a similar parallel to, uh, I mean, someone we've talked about and talked to plenty of times favor as woozy, you know, who, um, not a ton of experience in the sport and then shows up and just has, you know, an incredible first year. I'm really excited to hear from her on the podcast.
0: Yeah. So we'll do that right now. Uh, we'll get a chance to hear from, uh, from the Freshman Swimmer and the CCW Co-Female Rookie of the Year, Sophie Pelling. All right, joined with Sophie Pelling here on the Thunder Sports Report. And Sophie, thanks for taking the time to join us here. I just want to kind of start at the beginning and and, and find out how you ended up at Wheaton College. I you know you're from California, and there are a lot of California students on campus, but what, what was your journey to Wheaton, and, and what did the, the college selection process look like for you?
2: Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, how did I get to Wheaton? I heard about Wheaton um, because my mom works for a nonprofit that she started called College Church Connection, Um, and they work with a lot of Christian colleges um, in the U.S., and I heard all about Wheaton, and it just sounded like an amazing school, so I came out in 2018, I believe, and visited, Um, and and it wasn't quite sold. I was looking at a lot of other big secular schools. Um, But then I heard from a lot of students that go here because I was able to talk to some alumni and some people that were currently students. Uh, And I just really, really fell in love with the community here at Wheaton. I love how I feel like everybody's like really intentional about building relationships and about their walk with Christ. And that just like really drew me to Wheaton.
0: So how did you – I noticed the CCW release for the conference co-rookie of the year noted that you hadn't swam competitively since you were 12. So how did you yes. end up with your swim team, and what was that process look like to kind of get back in the pool competitively after such a long layoff?
2: Yes, for sure. So I have been swimming ever since I can remember. But in seventh grade, I switched to playing water polo, which I absolutely love. Um, but they don't have a water polo team here at Wheaton, so I just figured, oh, I'm probably not going to do any more sports, um, but then senior year of high school, I found out that I could join the swim team um, with the times that I had, um, and I was like, well, I, it sounds, sounds fun. <laughs> like, I thought it would be a really great opportunity to get to meet people and stay in shape during the pandemic, and it, it ended up being an amazing decision. We had an awesome season. Um, it was a little bit of an interesting transition to go from like all of my memories from swimming were from like middle school and then we skipped to college swimming so people would talk about like the high school order of events and I was like oh I have no idea what that is <laughs> which is um fun but yeah it, it was really nice to get back into swimming again there are a lot of things that I missed from when I was swimming um and it was also cool to see how my times and like my skills had changed like I used to be a breaststroker when I was younger. And then I came back and I think probably because I did basically just freestyle when I played water polo, I'm a freestyler now and I'm a sprinter. Um, so that that was kind of cool to see how my how my swimming had changed.
0: Yeah, that, that kind of leads me to the next question is there's a little bit of culture shock there when you're getting back into it at the college level. So how do you go about finding the discipline that fits you best after after that, and then, and then add to that the distance that fits you best when you really don't have that high school background for the last five, six years to, to fall back on there.
2: Yeah, it was definitely like a different rhythm. Um, since I did play varsity sport in high school, it wasn't like a total culture shock to at least be doing a sport here. Um, and it also helped a lot that we had reduced hours, like reduced number of practices because of COVID. I think normally you'd be practicing twice a day sometimes. And we basically never did that. Sometimes we would swim in the morning and then lift, but that was pretty rare. So it wasn't really that crazy to be, to be practicing like once a day for a few hours. Um, But it was a lot of swimming for sure. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. I think we had a good balance. Um, It was nice that we were able to practice in different groups based on our skill level So I would just, like, practice with the sprinters, which was good because it meant I didn't have to swim, like, super-duper long distances, which would have been really, really hard to do after not having done that for so long.
0: Yeah, what – maybe that – you mentioned a good point. Maybe that helps in that it's not a normal year, and so it kind of leads you to give yourself a year to ease back into – into the routine before what you hope next year is a normal year and, and maybe things ramp up and back to where Wheaton Swimming is used to as far as what their workouts look like.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, there's, yeah, the, the pandemic took like a lot of things away from this season, but it, it did help me a lot because it helped me ease back into it. Um, and it works out well for me because I'm also in the Wheaton Symphony Orchestra. So I could pretty easily actually balance both of those at the same time this year because both of them had less like rehearsals and practices. So that was kind of a blessing in disguise for sure.
0: Were you a little surprised as you got into the competitions how well your times were stacking up with with the competition?
2: Um, I don't know. I really didn't know what to expect um, because I had – been swimming when i was younger and i was also swimming in california on like a really large team and there's a lot of swimmers in california especially southern california um so i I really wasn't sure it's coming here since it's like a division three team and swimming is it's still big in illinois but it's definitely not as big as in san diego um so i had honestly no idea (laughs) i was definitely pleasantly surprised how i did though for sure
0: how, how would you say, I mean, obviously not having anybody there, but but how did your the team really embrace having to do things differently because of Covid, where you really have a women's meet and then a men's meet, and you don't really have that full team camaraderie to that exists there. so how how did you feel like maybe not even having an example though, but you saw the team adapt to the circumstances they had to to perform under?
2: Yeah, oh yeah. Since I'm a freshman, I don't know exactly what it would be like to be having those big meets with everybody all together, but there was an enormous effort on behalf of the team and especially the seniors and the team leaders to like foster that team community with everyone. Um, the we we would have like separate gender meets, but then after the meet, like if the women went first, we would go up to the bleachers and like cheer for the men, so we were really still there, which was really nice. Um, and then we also found ways to have socially distant, like, um, social events um, that weren't swimming related so that we could all get to know each other, which is really awesome. I felt like I honestly have gotten to know pretty much everyone on the team, um, which is amazing considering COVID and considering that I'm just a freshman.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe not even taking swimming into account. How have you felt like your freshman year has gone uh, having having to be affected by, by COVID and, and having to deal with all the different uh, restrictions in place. And have you, have you felt like it's still maintained uh, kind of the college atmosphere you were looking for when you were going through the college process?
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of things changed all at once. I was kind of just talking to a friend about this, but it it's crazy because a lot of times you hear people say like, oh, I'm just a freshman, so I don't know what it it should be like, which is totally true. But at the same time, even though I am not necessarily missing the things that are um, usually at the school because I I just haven't experienced them yet, there's like a lot of things that um, I was kind of expecting, like the the ability to go to Chicago and just stuff like that that is is different. And uh, I mean, making that transition from high school to college and like, I don't have a car here and I'm in a different state. So a lot of things definitely changed, which is a little bit crazy. Um, but I'm happy that I'm at school because I know so many people who are having to do all online college, which would be even harder. Um, and I'm also really thankful that Wheaton has been doing such a good job handling the pandemic and that we've been able to stay here. And I feel like really safe. I feel like the college is handling it really well. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm just like, really thankful to be here. And I'm Honestly, really happy with how my freshman year has gone. It's been hard, but it's been really good and a lot of good things have come out of it.